The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. I hope everyone is doing great today, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we've had on a lot of guests lately. We had Mark on talking about the Bible, about the scripture, tying that into central bank digital currency, the microchip payment system in the hand, connecting it into you know, end times and the Antichrist and all that stuff. I find it to be fascinating. And so I've got a couple other pastors I'm lining up to continue that line of conversation, folks. We're going to keep talking about that. And then my good friend Dan Golbach is going to come back on. And then my friend Steve Jeffries, who actually went to school uh, for theology. He's traveled around the globe And he's going to come on and talk about some of this stuff as well. I want to start bringing Steve on as a regular guest. So I'm working on getting that set up hopefully soon. He moved. He escaped Portland, Oregon and went to Idaho. So he's been settling into his new job, uh, doing some work on the house that him and his wife bought. She runs a nursery. So she's getting that business up and running in Idaho. So he's been working on the garage and turning that into a nursery. He just built his new studio out in the backyard. So we're going to get Steve on. As I said, I've got a couple other pastors lined up. Some other folks from pain.tv slash gold are going to come on. We just had Justin, the cowboy rancher. I thought that was a great conversation. You should check that out if you haven't done so already. And, of course, we have Wide Awake Jim the CPA, financial advisor, and oil and gas royalties broker. Uh, excellent, excellent conversations we've been having with Jim as we are fully dissecting the reality of central bank digital currency, not from a conspiracy theory standpoint, but actually going through all the documents from Bank for International Settlements, International Monetary Fund, the United Nations, World Economic Forum, the World Bank, the central banks, the Federal Reserve System. I mean, it's all there, folks. It's all laid out for you. It's not a conspiracy theory. Uh, Very difficult to explain it. To regular folks out there, even Fox News conservatives, uh, even liberals who claim to be skeptical when it comes to government because it's so complicated. And I think that is part of the plan. You make it really complicated and then it makes it very difficult for truth sayers to go out there and explain it to the normies. All right, folks. But we're going to continue to do that here. At the Dustin Gold Standard, we have a lot of exciting stuff 
coming up for you folks we're going to be rolling out a couple of websites and things like that i'll let you know as soon as it's done but i've been working around the clock over here behind the scenes trying to get all this together lining up guests for you working on additional content and we're going to continue to stick with the theme here understanding the history what's going on in the present and then the future of this technocratic transhumanist takeover of humanity and the natural world so that you can focus on your goals your realistic goals solutions to these problems and start to develop an actual plan and how you are going to live one foot in and one foot out of the matrix and as always we are individuals and so each of us are going to end up with different goals probably similar but different goals and we're all in different financial circumstances now our families are at different stages and so the solutions aren't going to be the same but hopefully we're going to be able to help you navigate a lot of the issues you're going to run into in the future whether going up against the technocrats or whether just making mistakes in beginning to exit the system so i'm going to bring on more guests that can talk about real world solutions on uh, homesteading on farming on gardening on ranching butchering hunting everything that would tie into you being able to live sort of a half Amish lifestyle. So we're going to focus a lot about that. Um, let me just point out, because there's a lot of folks on social media and pain.tv slash gold that have been reaching out to me on all of the athletes and comedians and such that are just dropping on the field or on the stage. And I don't need to even look at those folks. I can just see people in my personal life who have been jabbed and boosted and they've gotten so-called COVID, you know, three, four, five, six, seven times. Uh, people I know that had cancer years ago and a few months after they got the original jab, their cancer came back. Folks we've heard about are having heart problems and heart conditions and strokes and everything else. As I've said on this show, and I'm just going to stand by this, one, I, I don't want to uh, criticize the folks that are being injured, whether it's by the vaccine or not. In the end, we're not ever going to really know. I'm not running blood tests on these folks, neither are you. Uh, their cancer could have came back for other reasons. Not saying that the jab and or the booster did not play a part in that, but we're never going to really know. And I'm not going to get into... Uh, bragging that we were right and they were wrong. I'm not going to rub salt in the wounds. In the end, I am on the side of humanity. I know that this is a worldwide war against humanity. The technocrats and the transhumanists are looking to enslave humanity and eventually engineer humanity out of existence. So I can't say that I'm on the side of humanity and then cheer on folks that are being injured if you're someone who did not get vaccinated uh, and or boosted like myself i don't think we enjoy it when the folks who got vaxxed and or boosted get on social media and cheer on non-vax non-boosted folks who supposedly contracted covid and then died and they say that's what you get for not getting the vaccine so i'm not going to play the part of the person who says to people who got vaccinated and end up being injured you know we're, we're glad that that happened to you that's what you get for getting vaccinated there's a whole wide range of people out there you have to be nuanced when it comes to this there are folks that the government the state 
the Bill Gates of the world, were able to use psychological warfare, propaganda, brainwashing, mind control, mind hacking against these people, and scared the living crap out of them. A lot of older people made them think that the germs were going to come get them. These people obviously don't have the time or the mental capacity to dig into all the documents, all the research that you yourself have looked at. And so they got afraid. They turned these people into germaphobes, into hypochondriacs. Some of them may have been already, and they were able to uh, make that much worse. And so those folks went out and they got jabbed and they got boosted. There's other people who were hesitant, reluctant, but for whatever reason, their job Job, uh, had a mandate and forced them to do it. Maybe they worked for the government. Maybe they were in the military. Maybe they worked for a company that did this. This is all before they said they couldn't mandate it. And so you don't know those people's uh, personal uh, situation, their financial situation. Maybe somebody was making $100,000 a year. He was supporting his family. Maybe his wife stays at home. She takes care of the house. She raises the children very important job and the next thing you know this guy's looking at losing his job and so he knows uh, maybe they're in debt they've got a mortgage they've got car payments credit card debt uh, whatever and so all of a sudden he's looking down the barrel of a gun and so he makes a decision i'm going to risk my health which i don't think is a wise decision but i'm just saying he makes a decision i'm going to risk my health i may be against this but i'm going to get it because i have to keep putting food on the table because a lot of people are stuck in a check to check type of situation and so he gets it right and then there's other people that may have gotten it for other reasons i mean i would have to judge them on a case-by-case basis but i'm not going to cheer it on and there's certain friends of mine allies of mine colleagues of mine that um have gotten into this position where on their podcasts or their shows they're kind of gloating about this and i'm not going to be part of that uh the other thing is people have been sending me stuff for instance on damar hamblin right the football player And again, for me to sit here and speculate on what actually happened, uh, do I know that the vaccine and or the booster is what caused this guy to collapse on the field? No, I don't know that for sure. And so I would only be speculating if I covered that story and gave my opinion. So I'm just going to stay away from it. I know enough people in my personal life that I do believe have been hurt by, injured by, killed by the so-called vaccine and or booster. I don't need to start speculating on celebrities and uh, celebrity athletes and comedians and such that I don't even know. Who knows if they even got vax for real? I mean, I don't know. You don't know. None of us do. Now, on social media, people are tagging me uh, with, uh, for instance, uh, there was the, the player Neil with the number 33, and he didn't kneel. And so it was this thing where he wasn't kneeling, and then the 33 obviously comes from signs of the Freemasons, Illuminati, all that kind of stuff. And then this photo emerged of Hamlin in the hospital, uh, I think with his mom and dad or mom and brother or something. And then they had the jerseys on with the 33, and then there was four of them because one was late on the chair, so you had three 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 and then the time on the clock and then people were debating whether or not uh, the oxygen tank was plugged in and all this kind of stuff i'm not an expert uh, in those areas i don't know what those photos are for my personal belief is a lot of this has to do with psychological warfare 
It has to do with fair porn. It has to do with, you know, people who are QAnon types trying to solve riddles and messages and whether or not this has to do with uh, numerology or Jumantria or they're sending signs and symbols to us to brag about it. Look, folks, on this show, 132 episodes in, we have covered, and we aren't even going deep yet, but we have covered technocracy real companies private sector investors government military programs all stuff that is provable stuff that even the official narrative folks admit to it's bad enough with the stuff they admit to that to go down these rabbit holes and start exploring whether or not a photo of this football player i mean i who even knows who even knows now could they be sending us symbols and bragging and sending coded messages okay let's say that is true i'm not saying it's not let's say it's true because i do believe as we've covered here there is a dark spiritual underbelly to a lot of this technocracy and transhumanism so let's say for instance all of these football players are part of a satanic cult they are all part of the freemasons they're all part of the illuminati okay let's say they are all right how is that going to help me further understand the system of technocracy Central bank digital currency, microchips coming in the form of uh, a rice grain sized chip in the hand, brain chips in the heads, DNA modification, genetic modification, DNA splicing, all this stuff that's very real, right? How is it going to help me avoid that? How is it going to help you avoid that? How is it going to help us work around the system? I think it's very simple for you that if you just say to yourself that celebrities, comedians, athletes, political pundits on television, politicians are just puppets, they are just actors within the system. They play a role, and they may play a different role every day. Maybe they get a text message that says, hey, Damar, Today, you're going to collapse on the field, and then three days from now, you're going to take a photo in the hospital, and this is how you want we want you to stage it, all right? So let's just assume they're all puppets within this system. Ignore the puppets. Ignore the puppets and focus on what they are actually doing to try to enslave you, the systems, the technology, the companies, the government programs that are being unrolled daily, rather than focusing on this football player who collapsed and whether or not he's sending Illuminati gang signs. Let's just assume the worst. Let's say that is what he's doing. Okay, we don't have to debate it. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to waste time going into his background. Let's just say he is flashing Illuminati gang signs. Okay, done deal. Now you know it. How does that change your life? How are you going to go out there and build a homestead that is going to be able to hold up to the technocracy's cloud seeding or to chemtrails and things of that nature? See, I just don't want to get too distracted by this stuff because I think it sends us down rabbit holes and we're running around trying to put out little fires instead of focusing on the fact that the forest fire is burning we need to get the hell out of there and we need to set up a camp far away from the forest fire 
I hope you understand what I'm saying there, folks. It's not that I don't want to take part in the Where's Waldo treasure hunts. I just think in the end, it doesn't really help us figure out the big picture. I know the bankers are behind this. I assume behind them are the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds and such. And probably, yeah, there's probably Illuminati. There's probably a satanic type figures that are sitting behind this. I already agree that there's a dark spiritual underbelly to these psychopaths. I can't believe that they're just doing it for power, control, and to add to their uh, bank account. I believe it's a lot darker than that, and we'll explore that with some of these pastors coming up. I think that will help answer some questions, but I wouldn't waste a lot of time delving into each and every little fire that these guys light, because while you're doing that, you're not actually learning about the real history, the present, and the future of where this is going and starting to make plans for you to work around it and to insulate yourself and your family from it. All right, folks, that's my opening. My name is Dustin Gold. I'll be right back. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You know, to continue on that thought, folks, the same thing goes for this whole diamond and silk thing. Something else people have been sending me today. All right, again, I'm not going to speculate on this. I don't know if uh, was a diamond, uh, whichever one, whichever one it was. These are the two uh, black women who would dance on stage and do these sort of, um, I would call them, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Like Don King, uh, preacher type stuff at the Trump rallies back in 2015 and 16. And then they got absorbed in the whole MAGA grifter network. And now one of them died. And I guess online, there's people saying, oh, she wasn't vaccinated. She deserves this. And then there's people who saying, well, maybe she was vaccinated and she died of the vaccine. Folks, it's psychological warfare. All right. Even if the woman just died of natural causes or she choked to death on a Twinkie or something, they allow this stuff to sit out there and then it's chaos and it leads to divide and conquer. And people start fighting back and forth online of whether or not she was vaxxed or not vaxxed. Seriously. It's all part of the distraction campaign. Either it's a disaster they created or they are making use of some natural occurrence. And so they leave people out there hanging and speculating. And then it takes up 24 hours, 48 hours where people will battle back and forth. I just don't get involved with it because I don't see how it helps us solve the mysteries of what's coming in the future and how we're going to live around that so just my personal suggestion to you is tune it out just don't waste time if you solve the mystery of whether she was vaxxed or not vaxxed what do you win do you win something do you gain something do you end up 
uh, having uh, more tomato plants growing in your house that you can eat throughout the winter? I mean, what does that do for you? I don't think it does anything. It doesn't even add to the collection, the body of work. Like, for instance, these episodes we're doing with Wide Awake Jim, you're actually learning about the climate grift, all right, for a few reasons. One, you're able to now understand that this whole system is designed to push us into central bank digital currency. I want to know what the CBDC system looks like because I want to make plans to be able to barter and trade around that system. I want to get ahead with gold and silver and other physical assets. I can hold things that I might be able to trade in the future when I have to sort of go black market around the central bank digital currency system. Another thing is, let's say, for instance, with what Jim is doing, the oil and gas royalties, which we haven't talked about in depth on my show, you know, there's ability to invest money that you have, get a return to stay ahead of inflation, right? But you would be afraid to do that if you really believed that solar panels and windmills and EV car batteries were going to replace fossil fuels. Well, Jim has proved that's a complete and total lie. So it allows you to make educated decisions on investments, on opportunities in the future of how to avoid central bank digital currency. That's what we're spending our time on over here is actually looking at the real stuff, the real plans, and figuring out how we're going to work ourselves around that. Now, another thing came up uh, with all of the planes being grounded this morning due to some uh, computer glitch or whatever over there in the government. So they grounded a bunch of planes. And my opinion on this, folks, it's my opinion because I haven't spent a lot of time researching this i'm not going to go deep dive into this plane situation but when we understand okay which we do and you should if you've listened to the show from the beginning what the fourth industrial revolution is this bridge period moving us from the third industrial era to the fourth industrial era moving us into this world that's going to merge the biological physical and digital worlds into a world where there's going to be smart cities and 15 minute cities and quadrants and zones and central bank digital currency and we'll be tracked through the internet of things and the internet of bodies and we'll have the internet of senses all this stuff is very 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 real. It is my personal belief, because I don't believe the government just uh, has a computer glitch and everything shuts down. For that to happen, there are multiple government agencies, contractors, major players involved. To me, I would say it's more of a test case, a trial run. Because I think in the future, you're going to see orchestrated cyber attacks, orchestrated uh, electrical grids going down, uh, planes going down. All of this has to collapse, this current system. The third industrial era has to collapse for them to be able to usher in the fourth industrial era. So when I see stories like that, I say, well, there it is. They're running a test. They're getting ready. My personal belief is in three, four, five, six years from now, you aren't going to be able to travel back and forth between different countries. If you've actually studied and analyzed a lot of the Bank for International Settlements and International Monetary Fund documents, as uh, I've been doing along with Wide Awake Jim, you will see that the bankers are pushing this idea of national 
sovereignty. Now, you don't truly believe that the globalists have spent the last hundred years bringing together all of the different nation states under this banner of globalism and a one world style government ruled by bodies like the United Nations, you know, European Union, uh, Washington, D.C. here in the case of the United States of America to then return all power back to the nation states and say they want sovereignty. Well, they don't have sovereignty because they all have a central bank inside them. And all the central banks are part of the one world currency system, okay, which exists today. It's all run through the Bank for International Settlements, the World Bank, International Monetary Fund. What I think is happening is you're going to start to see this idea of reducing the footprint. So they're going to send an illusion. It's going to look like they're giving power back to a state, say like Italy. But that's going to be the very beginning of creating a border back around Italy where you won't be able to leave Italy or go into Italy. Everything is going to be, well, if you need to talk to somebody, you could do so over Zoom or you could put on your augmented reality or virtual reality headset and meet them inside of the metaverse. All right. That's what I think is happening. So the beginning of the destruction of, let's say, the airline industry, which is floated by the government anyway, which we saw under COVID land, the high school theater production, right? And then talking about COVID-19, you know, what is it? Three years later is causing uh, employee shortages and there's still backups on the planes and all this other nonsense. This is part of creating the collapse or the illusion of the collapse because it's orchestrated of various industries, including the airline industry, which will then allow these folks to put an end to that stuff. All right? This is just all part of this live action role play that we're watching occur. And uh, let me give you an example of this, folks. Let me give you an example at a small level. Uh, As you have probably noticed, customer service has been disappearing. And this all started five, six, seven years ago. But you're seeing it disappear even at your mobile phone company. So if you have one of the major ones, AT&T, Verizon, or let's say T-Mobile, you will start to see if you're trying to get in touch with customer service. Maybe they overbuild you or you're trying to get a new phone, whatever it may be. The customer service is disappearing. And you're slowly going to see the brick and mortar businesses going away. They're going to fold those up. Everything's going to be done online. And their websites are terrible. Their apps barely work. I've been with AT&T for, let's see, since I was 18 and went to college. So I've been with AT&T for 23 years. I never changed my account. I just, that's the way I roll. I lock into something and I'm not in the mood to spend two weeks trying to figure it out and find a new solution. And so about seven years ago, they said, why don't you roll the account under your business and you're going to save some money, right? So I stupidly agreed to it, rolled my personal account under my business at the time, William Gold Entertainment, and the next thing you know, I said, well, where's the app where I went online and I paid my bill? Well, they didn't have an app. 
Then they had an app, and it looked like something out of 1983, and I wasn't able to pay my bill online, and I actually got stuck for many years having to go into the AT&T store, which obviously now I don't mind because I'd like to support brick and mortar, but I would have to go in the store to pay my bill. I could no longer do it. Then I would try to log in online. I would get stuck in this loop where I'd log in, and it'd bounce me out. I couldn't get back in. I'd try to call. Couldn't get anybody on the phone. So I've been seeing this slow deterioration of customer service this is all intentional all right these multi multi billion dollar international conglomerates could have their small business app working fine so that customers could pay their bill if they wanted to now the last time i was in at&t the manager told me because there was a problem with my bill when I had tried to take off uh, an old phone I didn't need anymore, there was uh, my stepson, my ex-stepson's phone. And all of a sudden, there was all these problems. So the ATT manager finally gets involved after five hours wasted with the sales folks there. And he calls up the AT&T number. And the next thing you know, he's talking to the same Filipino-type customer service reps that I call on the main line. I said, dude, come on. You don't have access to another number? And he admitted to me that AT&T, the store that I'm in, is not, in fact, AT&T. It's a contractor. AT&T had sold off their stores. I think at the time it was 80% of the brick-and-mortar AT&T stores are not actually AT&T, even though he wears an AT&T polo shirt. He's got an AT&T name tag. And so they're just contractors, and they actually have to call the same customer service line that I do in order to get through to a customer service rep. You see, this is all intentional, folks. This is the fourth industrial revolution. The revolution is the tearing down and the collapsing of the third industrial era. Because at some point, they are going to make the case that the technologies of yesteryear are falling apart. They're susceptible to cyber hacks. They are susceptible to identity theft. And therefore, the only safe way to protect us and protect our data is to move us into the technologies of tomorrow that's what i see happening whether it's the planes whether it's cyber tax against the government whether it's all of this rise and increase in identity theft and money being stolen from people's bank accounts uh, all this stuff that we're experiencing that you're hearing about from people in your personal life telling you that they had their uh, credit card hacked or their bank account hacked heck it happened to my wife last year You know, she had quite a bit of money stolen out of her savings account via a fraudulent wire. This is all part of creating this illusion, although it's real. I mean, it's an illusion because it's orchestrated that the technologies and the systems of yesteryear are collapsing. At the same time, you're seeing the political brand be debased. You know, they put out a picture of Fetterman with his family. It looked like the Adams family. You know, you had Donald Trump, the reality show star. Now you have Joe Biden, the old man crapping in his pants. You know, running around the country now under the guise of some MAGA Christian warrior thing. You have an event run by Clay Clark, who's basically a multi-level marketing guru, You know, with people like Mike Lindell, like an infomercial pillow salesman, you've got Roger Stone, the bisexual bodybuilder wannabe um, who is running around 
uh, leading some Christian warrior event. I mean, folks, Roger Stone was thrown out of Republican politics back under the Reagan years because he put an ad out in the paper looking for a well-hung bodybuilder to have sex with him and his wife. He admits to that. He admits to that. So you've got him running around. What's he do on Twitter? He gives out fashion tips. I mean, are you serious, folks? And you've got Michael Flynn. I mean, this guy is a career lifelong spook. And so people are running around following this stuff at the same time. It's just completely debasing the brand. People run around. They think the election was stolen. It wasn't stolen. It was stolen. It's not stolen. I mean, people are arguing about this stuff. We live inside of a psychological warfare reality show operation, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why I'm going to step right out for a moment. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And as you can see, folks, I have a lot to say because the last uh, several episodes we've had guests on. And when guests come on, I don't really talk about the things that I'm experiencing in my life. And we're going to get back into Industrial Society's Future, this 1995 paper that I want to finish for you folks. We're going to get into that shortly. But a couple other things. I just want to give you an example again of this system uh, collapsing around us. Now, myself personally... Since I was 18 years old, I have not gone to a doctor. I'm 41. I just don't go to a doctor. I don't like doctors. I don't want to interact with doctors, never trusted doctors. I just don't want any part of it. So that all came way before COVID landed the high school theater production. All right. I've been to a hospital, I think, one time in the last 23 years. It was when I was out in Las Vegas working on a corporate comedy job, and I was jumped by a pack of wild uh, wild uh, immigrants, folks. I was jumped. They tried to steal my wallet. And anyway, I, I smashed my uh, head on the curb when I got punched in the face, uh, and so I ended up in the hospital. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't go to the hospital for everything. I don't go to doctors. I think over the last 23 years, I might have went into like a walk-in Rite Aid, CVS-type clinic. Uh, one time, I had cracked a tooth, and I tried to pretty much uh, let it heal on its own. I cracked it on a chicken bone in a restaurant, and I let it go for a couple of years. It got worse and worse, and eventually I knew there was an infection set again, so I was trying to get some antibiotics. This is before I really got into uh, terrain theory versus germ theory and viruses and everything. I'm not going to talk about that tonight, but anyway, so I, I don't interact. I, I haven't carried health insurance my entire life for 23 years. I never worked for anyone where I took health insurance insurance from them. I never purchased health insurance. Even under the Obama years, I didn't buy 
uh, Obamacare. I just did not have health insurance. So if I went to a Rite Aid clinic, I'd just pay out of pocket. Look how much money I've saved over the years, folks. Imagine if I was paying 500 a month, let's say, for insurance, that'd be $6,000 over 23 years. It'd be $198,000 I saved not having insurance. I think out of pocket, maybe even with the hospital visit, maybe seven or 8000 So I'm $192,000 up on not having health insurance. Anyway, my wife has health insurance. She gets it through her uh, work. And so, as you know, if you've been listening to this show, we had a home birth planned for our child, uh, Willie G., William Gold, right? We had a home birth planned, and after 48 hours, my wife laboring at home, infection was starting to set in, so we transferred to the hospital. So, we transferred to the hospital. Now, we're going, oh, great, what's this going to cost us? Now, she's got good health insurance. So, over the last eight weeks, some bills start arriving, and then we also get to see them in the health insurance uh, customer portfolio, the patient portfolio or, or platform where you log in. And so the bills coming in the mail from the hospital are not matching up with what's on the insurance portal. And, and I'm sure many of you who live within that system, I've exited that system, I was never part of that system, probably have dealt with some of this over the years. I now feel your pain. The people have been complaining about hospitals and doctors and insurance for years. I know what you've been complaining about. But I just want to tell you what happened. So we end up maybe getting three or four paper bills. And then there's five bills on the insurance side. So it shows what the total bill is supposed to be or what the hospital billed. And then it shows what the insurance company paid and then what we owe, the deductible, right? But you pay that balance to the hospital. Well, what I end up figuring out is that the hospital sends, let's say, five bills they're all for different departments. So like the OBGYN doctor who came in to deliver her uh, uh, Willie G, he submits one bill to us. Now, try getting through to the phone number because they're not itemized. I want to see the breakdown. I mean, that's just how I am. I want to know what you're charging me $10,000 for, number one. Number two, even the cost of, say, let's say the deductible is $500 out of uh 10,000. So you've got to pay the 500. You're allowed to put it on a payment plan with no interest in some cases, and it's not going to get reported to a credit bureau and screw up your credit. So I figure money is better off in our hands than just turning it over to the doctor or the hospital. So I want to know what the payment plan options are. So we get one from the OBGYN. Now, now, when you get this, you don't realize this because you did business with the hospital. That's where you went. It's so confusing. So you get one from this OBGYN. You get one from the anesthesiologist. You get one from NICU, which is like the doctor, uh, the department with the doctor that they assigned to Willie G. Then you get one from the hospital. You get another one from the hospital, but it's not part of the hospital. And then they don't match up to what is on the insurance portal. So I start calling because none of these have due dates on them. And I'm saying, okay, when are these these due? Because what we were going to try to do is we paid out of pocket about $6,500 to the midwife service. Those are the folks that were managing our home birth. Uh, we paid out of pocket. But in the beginning, they said at the end, uh, we'll submit what's called a super bill. 
over to this company we got, uh, which they recommended. And then that company submits it to your insurance. And they tell you in the beginning, like we might be able to recover anywhere between 50% and 75% of the services from your insurance company. Right. So they take, I don't know, two or three percent or something for doing the service, much easier than than me dealing with it or my wife. So we were waiting for the midwife service to get the final bill submitted so we'd get back, say, three or four thousand dollars, and then we'd use the three or four thousand dollars to pay the deductibles on the various services on the bills we got from the hospital and the doctors connected inside the hospital. So we were trying to make that work that way. It would be kind of seamless. Um, And so anyway, I start calling the other day, uh, calling the hospital. I started with the hospital number on the bill. And I call up, and the first thing it says is, thank you for calling Frederick Health Medical Billing Department. Due to... Now, mind you, this is three years after COVID kicked off, COVID land, the high school theater production. It says, due to the effects of COVID-19, our hospital is experiencing large call volumes and shortages of employees, something of that nature. I actually recorded it and sent it to Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays, because I thought it was just comical. It was laughable. And then you end up with music playing, you know, the, the elevator music while you're waiting. And all of a sudden it stops. It goes beep, beep, bop, 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 bop. Then it like restarts. Then eventually it said, oh, no one's available. Leave a message. So I had left several messages over the last couple of days. Nobody calls me back. Mind you, this is equivalent of accounts receivable. You're trying to pay them because you click prompt two, which says, uh, do you want to pay a bill or set up a payment plan? So you're actually trying to give these folks money. And no one answers the phone, and they don't call you back. Now, if I was going to have an office staffed inside the hospital, it would be the office that collects money, right? Because I want money coming in. So then I say, screw this, because the last thing we want is one of these bills to get sent to collections, And I don't know how long that process takes, right? I don't want it to get sent to collections and screw up my wife's credit. So, because good luck trying to fix that. How long is that going to take? Every time you have an issue, you deal with a new layer of bureaucracy in some department or some company somewhere. So, I go down to the hospital this morning. I walk in there. I say to the person at the desk, where's the billing department? Huh? Huh? The billing department. Like, where's the billing department? Oh, you mean the cashier? I don't know the cashier. The cashier sounds like someone who works at the the, uh, food court, like the person who's going to cash me out for a cup of coffee. I was like, well, I guess if you call it the cashier. So they forced me to put the mask on, right, because it's uh, COVID land inside there. So I got to put the paper mask down on my chin and walk around like an idiot. So I go to this cashier finally. This is after three hospital employees from the security team had to direct me to get to the cashier. That's a big hospital. You'd think there's an office, like a billing office. No, it was a woman. I'm not kidding you. She's sitting behind glass. It looks like I'm at the teller at the bank. And there's a chair. So I sit down there. And I think she's on the phone or whatever because she's not looking up. She's not saying hi. I said, oh, great. This is going to be like a DMV employee. Uh, someone with an attitude. So I'm just waiting patiently. I realized, I snapped a picture of this. I'll put it out on uh, Twitter later over at Hackable Animal. The woman is sleeping. She's sleeping. 
This lady is literally sleeping at her desk. She is the cashier, apparently the person who collects money for the hospital. So I finally realize this. I tap on the glass and I wake her up and she is not happy. Then she says she pulls her mask up because she didn't have it on while she was sleeping. Mind you, she has a giant piece of plexiglass between me and her. She's basically in a toll booth, like a toll booth. I can't reach in and grab her, nor can I breathe on her. And she's already got an attitude because I woke her up. And then I realized this person literally yesterday could have been picking lettuce in Ecuador. Barely speaks English. I said to her, can I come in? Can I get in the office? She says, oh, no, 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 you can't get in the office. So I tried to explain to her the situation that I just explained to you, that I'm sitting here with a folder, all the original paperwork we signed when uh, Willie G was born, when we were in the hospital, we got admitted into the hospital. And now I have these five letters that have come in the mail. And I also on my phone have a folder with all the PDFs of uh, the uh, insurance portal. Okay, the insurance platform with the bills there. And I'm trying to explain to her they don't match up. I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, do I deal with you if it's a bill from the OBGYN or I, do I have to deal with his office because they're not answering the phone? This woman had absolutely no clue, folks. No clue. Just this blank stare on her face. This is collapsing of the third industrial era. When I get back, I'll finish telling that story, folks, because you're not going to believe, you're not going to believe what I had to go through. The hoops you have to jump through to get things done nowadays. You have to be an expert in everything. Right now, I'm going to be an expert in taking a short commercial break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, folks, I'm dealing with this lady, right? And uh, I'm really not getting anywhere. I'm getting frustrated, but I'm not showing it. I didn't want to tick her off. So I asked for her boss, and it turns out she is the boss. She is the boss of this, it says cashier hanging above there. It doesn't even say billing department. And so I give her my wife's name. I'm like, listen, could you look up in the system and just see if any of these bills are in there? I'm trying to figure out if all the bills made their way to us, uh, why they don't match up with what's on the insurance portal. And I want to make sure I know exactly what we owe. And I also want to get itemized copies of these bills. And I wanted to find out from you uh, what the total is and can I set up a payment plan over the next year or two. You know, figure out if we can pay a couple hundred bucks a month or something. Like I said, I'd rather keep the money in my pocket if I'm not going to get charged uh, interest on this. I'll just pay them over a year or two. So she says, uh, puts my wife's, oh no, there's no bills in here. I said, well, listen, I've got two bills that say Frederick Health on them. That's your hospital. 
The other three, I'm not sure if it goes to the hospital or the doctor. I don't know how this works. And so she tells me, I don't know. I don't see anything in here. The next thing you know, she has something printed and she says, well, this was in here. And it was something like $1,350, but it said it was paid. And I said, well, that's not us. I don't understand where that came from. Uh, that's not one of the bills that I have either sent to me in the mail from you guys or the doctor or whatever, and it's not in the insurance portal. She couldn't answer any questions whatsoever. She ends up telling me there's nothing. I have her look it up under my son's name, right? Nothing. She can't find anything. So I realized I am just wasting my time. I'm literally wasting my time. I go down to the brick and mortar hospital to try to deal with someone in person because that's my last resort. But I said it should have been my first. I'm going to go deal with a human, try to get this worked out. Can't do it. I said, I've tried to call. I left messages. Nobody called me back. She doesn't care, has no idea, right? So this is the person who collects money for the hospital. She can't answer any questions. None. Zero. Nada. So I leave and I go home because now I'm really frustrated. So then... I said to my wife, maybe we should call the insurance company and figure this out. But first, let me try to go online. And they want you to use your phone, right, on the bill to scan a QR code. Yeah, they want you to scan a QR code to create an account in the hospital to pay your bill. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I don't want to do it on my phone. I want to do it on the computer. Because I know I'm going to have to fill out a form and stuff. So I end up finding the website. We pop it up on the screen, and then you have a reference number you have to put in, which is actually on the bill. So we type in the reference number, and then you put in the patient's last name. Click on it to create an account, and it pops up with a warning. Account cannot be created. Record not found. So they give an option to put in your birth date instead of your last name. So we do that. Pops up. Record not found. Like, what is this? So now I'm stuck in a loop, right, where I can't get anyone on the phone. I can't get any information out of the person at the hospital. We tried getting some info out of the insurance company last week, but they told us they don't know anything. And now I'm trying to create an account with the hospital so I can get in there and see how you pay the bill. Nope. Nope. Can't do it, folks. Can't get in. So we call the hospital number back. Go through all the prompts again. We get the same voicemail box that I told my wife we got. We call back again. And eventually, I don't know, God must have intervened here, folks, because I've been talking about God on the show. God intervenes, and someone answers the phone. There's this woman named Jeanette. Complete and total attitude. She was one of these real peppy types and uh, overly friendly but doesn't help you with the problem. So I said to her, okay, this is the circumstance that that I go through it. And then she says to me, sir, 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 hug your wife, hug your child. I said, what what are you talking about? Hug my wife, hug my child. Sir, 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 you are so far ahead of anyone else. I said, what do you mean I'm so far ahead of anyone else? I'm trying to make sure these bills don't get sent to collections because I don't want to screw up my wife's credit. I said, what do you mean I'm ahead? Well, other patients, they get behind months. You're so far, you just got these bills. I said, I know. Jeanette, I just came down to the hospital 
and talk to someone. Now, she is in some department that this is outsourced to, not even in the hospital. So I could never meet with this Jeanette lady in person. I figured that out. So I said, listen, I want you to go in the system and pull up these bills for me. There's also one on our insurance portal from the NICU team. That's the team that deals with Willie G. And it says we owe 400 on that, but I never got a paper bill. So I don't know how to pay it because I don't pay it through the insurance company. I have to pay it through the department, but I don't have that information. Is the NICU team bill generated out of Frederick Health or is that a separate department like the OBGYN, like a separate company? Sir, 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 calm down. Hug your wife and child. She kept saying this. You are very lucky to have a wife and a child. I said, what is this? Seriously, am I talking to a shrink? Is this a social worker? What did I call like a 1-800 sex line? What, what is this nonsense? And she's literally just keeps saying this to me. I said, Jeanette, we need to get this resolved here. I, I don't want her. Oh, no, it would never go to collections for four months. And then I said, yeah, right. I've heard that story. Tomorrow it'll go to collections. And the next thing you know, we're trying to fix uh, credit for the next seven years. So can you please help me out here? So finally, this Jeanette lady gets into the system. She goes, okay, I want you to use your reference number. I said, Jeanette, I did this. Hold on, Mr. Gold. Now you're going to put in the last name. I said, I did this. It comes up. It says account cannot be created. Well, account cannot be created. So I said, see, Jeanette. Okay. Then it takes her like three minutes. And the next thing you know, she tells me there's no records of any bills inside the system. I said, well, that doesn't make any sense because I'm holding a bills over here with a reference number on them. So we owe these deductibles. I'm trying to figure this out. Oh, you're so far ahead. You know, you should just wait a couple of weeks and call back. I said, call back. I'm holding a stack of bills in my hand. So the next thing you know, she turns around. She goes, oh, I found it in here. She says, there, you can't log in because the account is wiped clean. I said, well, what does that mean? She says, it looks like yesterday at 9.26 a.m., the insurance company recalled the bills. I said, recalled the bills. What does that mean? Well, they recalled the bills. Now, what, what does recall mean in the definition uh, within the context that you're saying it? What does this actually mean? Oh, consider yourself lucky. Hug your wife and child. I said, what, what are you talking about, Jeanette? I'm serious, folks. Like, I'm not sure if I'm stuck in a Matrix Marvel movie comic. I, I was trying to figure out if I ate a bunch of psilocybin mushrooms, magic mushrooms, and I was tripping. I had no idea what's going on here. I'm just getting frustrated. So then she proceeds to tell me that somehow, yes, there was $1,326 that was owed in deductibles, but the insurance company called that back. I said, well, I don't see that reflecting on the insurance portal she says oh maybe it's good insurance and they're gonna pay for all of it and i'm sitting here going what is happening never got a straight answer so luckily i record that phone call i write all this down 
Uh, not that it will matter, but if anything ever happens to you, it goes to collections, you have a record of it, but good luck fighting that because nobody knows what the hell's going on in this planet anymore. People are walking around, I, I'm convinced of it, with the vaccine and boosters almost creates a chemo brain. That's where uh, people get chemotherapy and then they got a foggy brain. I've had that happen to some of my relatives. So I think people are walking around with a chemo brain going on. They have no clue what's happening. This is destruction of the third industrial era, okay, moving us in to the fourth industrial era because they'll eventually tell people like me, if I didn't know any better, the system is collapsing. Humans are stupid. They're already playing this game. Customer service is terrible. So we're going to just move you into your digital twin metaverse account where you're going to put on your headset and you're going to deal with an AI robot puppet inside the metaverse and everything's going to run smoothly. I, I have to believe that's the only thing that's happening because I can't understand in this situation how I can't pay the hospital the money that I owe them and they're telling me it's wiped clean. So now the end result was for me to wait to see if the hospital was going to send any additional bills. I said to her, well, if this occurred, what would have happened if I went in and paid the $1,326 and then it was recalled? Would I get my money back? How would that occur? Of course, she had no answers. I will say this, though, folks. Uh, I am glad that over the last 23 years of my life, I did not operate within that system. I saved myself a lot of money and a lot of headaches. And that's what I think you guys have to start to do, <laughs> withdraw from this system, withdraw from the matrix, because this is only going to get worse. Try to figure out how to operate outside of this. Now, I will say Willie G's a pediatrician, which we hopefully will never have to see, she worked within the system for 40 years. The last 15 years, she's had a private practice. It's cash base. All right. You pay her $195 for the first visit, which we're going to do a checkup with Willie G because the midwives provided a number of checkups throughout the first eight weeks. So we're going to do a visit with her in about a month. And then it's $90 for each additional visit. She doesn't do one-year checkups. She doesn't believe in that. She doesn't believe in vaccines. But you pay her cash when you deal with her. You don't have to go through insurance. And that's that's what we're going to do. Now, I will say, uh, after seeing what the hospital would have tried to charge, we were in the hospital for 12 hours. Okay, we went in at 7 o'clock. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We went in there at about midnight, and we were out of there the next day. We weren't even there for 24 hours. And between the OBGYN, the NICU team for Willie G, the anesthesiologist, and the rental of the room at the hospital, we're talking $32,000, okay? And why, by the time it was all said and done, it looked like with insurance, we'd end up paying about $2,800. So I will say, thank God my wife has really good insurance through her uh, work, and thank God for her incredible boss who actually put Willie G on that insurance for emergencies because in the end, that actually paid off. But folks, dealing with the system, interacting with the system, this stuff will make you pull your hair out of your head. So for all of you who've been working within this system, operating with this system for the last 30 years, more power to you. I understand now when people are complaining about insurance and doctors and hospitals, uh, why they do so, because the system is just crazy. And I think it's going to get a lot worse, a whole lot worse, as they attempt to crash down 
the third industrial era and move us into the fourth industrial era. And there is plenty of evidence of this, not just from World Economic Forum, but you can find on company websites, corporations, governments, local governments, county governments, state governments, all over the world, in their literature, they talk about the force industrial revolution. As we pointed out, I believe, on episode one, this is embedded everywhere. So they're all operating within the force industrial revolution, and that's going to be crashing down of the systems that we currently live in. Ladies and gentlemen, when I get back, we're going to finish dissecting industrial society and its future. For my future, I will enter a short commercial break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, another quick thing I wanted to mention to you. I said that I would be seeking out uh, sponsors for this show. There was a company that I had mentioned on this show before, who I had used their services before. It's called DirtLegal.com. That's D-I-R-T, legal, L-E-G-A-L.com, DirtLegal.com. And I used this company actually to register one of my vehicles. And I live here in the state of Maryland, the communist state of Maryland. And Maryland makes it nearly impossible, folks, to register a car if it's more than five or six years old. They try to drive people into having to go get an automobile loan and buy basically a new car. I haven't spent a lot of my own time researching why, but I could imagine why. Obviously, they're trying to drive you into uh, debt, ladies and gentlemen, put you in a car with a computer inside it so you can be tracked everywhere you go. So if you have an older vehicle, if you have a 10, 12, 15-year-old Ford Bronco, an old pickup truck, some uh, truck you like to go camping, off-roading with, forget about it. You're not going to get it registered in Maryland. They run you through emissions and then through safety inspection. And with the safety inspection, you're going to end up getting a list of all these things they say you have to get fixed, even if the car is running completely fine. You're going to bring it down to a mechanic, and it's going to be anywhere from four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 in stuff. So they're trying to force you into the funnel of buying a new car. So I started doing research. Uh, this is probably six, seven months ago. And I found this company, DirtLegal.com, and they'll register your car for you in South Dakota. Why South Dakota? Well, very low fees, very low registration costs, and you don't pay a yearly property tax on your vehicle as you do in many other commie states. Okay, so I used Dirt Legal actually twice, two separate occasions. First, I bought a temporary registration through them while I was trying to figure out where I wanted to register my vehicle, and I had looked at a couple of states where I could register it. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to just use Dirt Legal to register my car in 
South Dakota, which is where they register it. And so I used them. Great service, fast turnaround. I had my plates from South Dakota within a couple of weeks. You could fill everything out online or they'll mail you a packet. You fill it out. You send it back to them. It all gets done. They handle everything. There was a little delay at the DMV that had to do with switching the title over. They kept me informed the whole time, got everything straightened out for me. So Dirt Legal had sent me a link that I could sign up for an affiliate program. And it wasn't because I have a podcast. They didn't know what I did. It was just any customers who have used their services. They said, hey, if you want to be part of our affiliate program, sign up here and then use this link. And if your friends use it, you know, you'll get a 20% commission. So I did it. I mentioned it on the show, but it's kind of a pain on an audio only podcast because people aren't going to go click the link. So I put Dirt Legal on my list of companies to call because I wanted to get the owner on here as a guest anyway, because I'm really interested in interviewing companies that will help us beat the system and work around the system. I mean, that's all part of the theme of this show, right? My personal belief, folks, is that if you believe you're living under tyranny, stop trying to save the collective. Get rid of this idea of restoring the republic or saving America or, I don't know, voting people in Washington that's going to reverse everything. Just start working around the system. Just start pushing the tyranny off to the side by evading them. Think like an outlaw. I mean, if the laws are unconstitutional, then figure out how to work around the laws. So I found Dirt Legal. I mentioned it on the show. Then what happened was last week I had a little time, so I reached out to the owner. I asked if he wanted to come on here as a guest and talk about their services, which will probably be happening soon. And I also said to them, hey, is there any way you can give me a promo code instead of an affiliate link so people could just go to Dirt Legal and use my promo code and give them some sort of a discount and then still give me a 20% commission if uh, anybody uses the service. So this is one of the ways that you can help my show. You can help yourself and you can save a little bit of money. They came back and did it. So now I have a sponsor, folks, a sponsor from a company whose services I use and I love these guys. So it's dirtlegal.com. Use promo code gold. All right. They didn't even write this ad for me. I'm just, this is part of the show, uh, part of working around the system. So use promo code gold. You'll get $25 off whatever service, and then I'll get a 20% commission. And it'll help uh, put food on my table. You're going to get access to a great company who's going to register your car. They also register RVs, off-road vehicles, motorcycles. They can help you with pretty much anything. It's a great website. Just check it out, dirtlegal.com. Use my promo code GOLD and work around the system. So the first time I had mentioned Dirt Legal on the show, I had a couple of you folks reach out to me and somebody said, well... If I register my car in South Dakota through Dirt Legal and I get pulled over in my state, aren't I supposed to register my car in my state within 60 days of moving there or changing your license? Now, that's that's the same in most states. It's usually 30 to 90 days you're supposed to register the car there. I said, yeah, so what? I'm not advising anyone to go out and break the law, nor can you really plead ignorance of the law if you break it. But if you get pulled over, just make up some excuse. And what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to give you a ticket. They're not going to tow your car away. But folks, come on. You can't complain about tyranny and then keep complying with tyranny. Tyranny. 
How are you going to fend off the bad guys in your life if you're going to keep complying with their rules and regulations? What if they passed a law tomorrow that says on Wednesday you have to shoot yourself in the head? Are you actually going to do that? I mean, I've had people reach out since Justin, the cowboy, the rancher, came on the show. He had mentioned something about chickens uh, on the show, I think. And off the record, I was talking to him, and he said, yeah, in my area, they're trying to say, with my five acres, you can only have 12 chickens instead of 24 chickens. They have that here in Frederick County, Maryland as well. Unless you have 10 acres, you can't have this, you can't have that. Folks, what do they have? The chicken police? The chicken police are going to come out with the siren. Buck, 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 The chicken police are going to come out to your house and they're going to count your chickens and say you have 12 chickens instead of 11 chickens. Do not comply. Do not comply. Let them send the sheriffs over. Let them send the police department over so they can count your chickens. Uh, you have 12 more chickens than you're allowed. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm babysitting chickens for my neighbor. These 12 are my neighbors. Those 12 are mine. Well, I'm not sure. They're kind of mixed in. I thought I knew them. They have names, but I'm not sure. But I'm just watching them for a day. Folks, think creatively. Don't comply with a system that you believe is pushing you into tyrannical slavery. It's time to think outside the box. It's time to work around the system. Do it in a smart way. Do it in a way that you're not going to call attention to yourself, as I'm doing right here on the show by telling you this. But think about it. If your state isn't going to allow you to register that old Ford Bronco that you want to keep off uh, Elon Musk Starlink GPS satellite hookups and you want to just be able to cruise around up in the mountains without being tracked all day, reach out to my friends, DirtLegal.com. Use promo code GOLD and get yourself $25 off of any service on there. And you'll help out the show. If you want to have chickens, just have chickens. Let them send the chicken police. Let them send the chicken police, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So uh, one last thing before we get back into industrial society and its future. All right. Jim, Wide Awake Jim, brought up on the show yesterday a challenge. And he asked the audience to figure out who is behind the new cashless revolution going on at sports stadiums. Specifically, he was talking about a couple of personal experiences in, I believe, South Carolina and North Carolina, where the sporting stadiums are no longer accepting cash. And then the second challenge he put out was a high school production, I believe a theater production, where he had to scan a QR code in order to look at the playbill for the theatrical play rather than having a printed one. And he said, this is, has to be orchestrated. So just for the hell of it, before the show, uh, I just did a couple of Google searches. No major digging on this, uh, but I was going to do it just to send it over to Jim. So let me just share it with you in case you listen to episode 131. So there's a company here called Tappet. It's T-A-P-P-I-T dot com because Jim wants to know who's behind this. We obviously know who is behind the cashless revolution. Now, I didn't do 
deep digging, folks. I didn't start looking up the investors. I didn't find its ties to the CIA, but I guarantee it's there because every company we look for, it's there. But this is Tappet.com. It says the cashless stadium revolution. It says back in January 2019, the first major North American sports team announced that its home stadium was going cashless. So this is pre-COVID land, the high school theater production. That team was Major League Baseball's Tampa Bay Rays, who play at Tropicana Field. Just a few months later, in March 2019, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, home to the Atlanta Falcons and Major League Soccer's Atlanta United, became the first pro sports stadium to feature cashless transactions on all purchases. And where these first movers have gone, the majority have followed. Whilst many stadiums were moving towards cashless payments prior to COVID-19's arrival, there we go, the pandemic vastly accelerated the trend. That's called the Great Reset, folks. COVID-19, the Great Reset, that pushed us into the fourth industrial revolution. It says, during 2020, when stadiums around the world were closed to fans, many teams took the opportunity to install cashless systems in anticipation of the return of the fans. Did you hear of that, ladies and gentlemen? During 2020, when stadiums around the world were closed to fans, you all remember that, many teams took the opportunity to install cashless systems in anticipation of the return of fans. We've also heard while cities were closed and counties were closed and states were closed and the whole country was closed, these people were running around installing these smart poles all over the country. I'm going to do a show on that soon. These smart poles with these LED lights and RFID readers and sound uh, machines that can blast out your eardrums, uh, 5G towers, all this other stuff were being installed around the country, around the globe, while everything was shut down during COVID-19. You don't think that was on purpose, do you, folks? Maybe that'll answer the question as to why they kept us all locked at home. Let me just read a little more. It says Major League Baseball makes the cashless move. Take MLB, for example. 26 of the 30 Major League Baseball teams were completely cash-free for the 2021 season. The other four teams, the Blue Jays, Indians, Marlins, and Red Sox, still accepted cash, but all strongly encouraged cashless transactions. Towards the end of the season in September 2021, the Blue Jays announced they were implementing reverse ATMs. And on the 13th, April 2022, the Red Sox announced that Fenway Park had transitioned to a cashless environment in time for the start of the season. Tappet, this is the company we're talking about, are proud to be working with two MLB teams. 2021 saw Tappet implement cashless payments for San Diego Padres and the Cincinnati Reds. Our mobile pay solution has been implemented to both teams, MLB's ballpark app. All right, now it talks about cashless NFL. And it says, why are stadiums going cashless? All right, I'm not going to get into all of this today because there's a lot here. And for those of you on the video side of this over at pain.tv slash gold, you'll see on this tap it website, they have mobile pay, cashless RFID, tap it insights i mean there's a lot of stuff to go through here so i'm gonna have to dedicate uh an entire show to this and maybe i can get wide awake jim to come on uh when we're not talking about central bank digital currency because he asked a question 
but uh, I will do further research on this. N- not that this is a surprise to us. I don't want to chase and try to put out fires. We're not going to stop this from happening. But I do find it interesting if I could figure out who is actually behind this and if it leads all the way up to, I don't know, some investor connected to CIA through NQTEL, their venture firm, then we know our government is the one pushing forward the cashless society. Not a major surprise, but once again, it'll show you this is not organic and it's here and it's going to continue further and further. Once again, now you have to figure out how you're going to operate around that system. Do you want to give access to your credit card and or your debit card? to tapit.com, to Major League Baseball, to the NFL, to the NBA. Do you want to give access to that? If you're trying to operate in cash, well, maybe you go get a preloaded credit card and you set up your account that way if you want to continue to go to live sporting events. I'm just saying, folks, if you know it's coming, then you can start to make the moves to be able to work within the system, but on your own terms, on your own terms. So you don't get caught off guard at Yankee Stadium when you want to buy some popcorn and instead of handing them $10, you have to put your debit card, uh, tap your debit card, risk being hacked, cyber hacked, your information being spread around out there. So instead, maybe you carry a preloaded credit card with you. All things to think about, folks. These are solutions to how you can operate within this system. But remember, if you believe this is tyranny, it's your responsibility to yourself and to your family to tell the system to screw off and figure out creative ways to work around it. I'll be right back as I work my way around this short break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold. And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, we're going to get back into industrial society and its future. This is the 1995 paper uh, written by this particular author. We're going to have a discussion on the author once we get to the end of this paper. And as you know, if you've been listening to the show over the last five or six episodes in between guests, I've been working our way through industrial society in its future. And I think it's a very important document, maybe one of the most important documents written in modern history. Because this paper in 95 predicted the exact situation that we're in today. Not only that, it broke down the psychology of humans. And it talks about... As the industrial boom kicked off, humans were accelerated into this new form of living in which we had not lived for thousands or even millions of years, depending on how long you think humans have been around and the history in which we lived under. So our DNA is not programmed to be stacked on top of each other and plugged into AR headsets all day long. And so he gets into the psychology of this. 
we went through the psychology of the leftist we went through the psychology of folks on the right we got into what's called the power process and now we're under this section disruption of the power process in modern society and we got up to paragraph 65 we completed this is broken up in paragraphs so i want to continue reading from this because i'm going to work our way through this paper as i bring more guests onto this show over the next couple of weeks and then we're going to get into a book on the history of the federal reserve by anthony sutton and this is all very important because it will show you uh, exactly what is happening today and then we'll be able to make moves to work around this system of technocracy now this author does not use the term technocracy he calls it the industrial technological system and he talks about the system socially engineering folks into the system which is what we know the whole point of technocracy going back to 1919 was the science of social engineering leading to the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. And that's what we're seeing today. That's what central bank digital currency is. Uh, That's what the whole climate change hustle that Wide Awake Jim has been covering is. That's all the social engineering. The climate change hustle allows the elites to gain control and power. It allows the worker bees to make money off of the live action role play grift. But at the same time, it's socially engineering people over a generation to believe in climate change or if they don't believe in climate change to at least accept the solutions offered up by the system. So it engineers you socially into the live action role play, which ends up in central bank digital currency, universal basic income, technocratic control slave state. That's where it goes, folks. That's where it goes. So let's start here. Paragraph 66. I'm not going to go backwards and read 65. You're just going to have to listen to the past episodes. So paragraph 66, it says, today... Again, this is 1995. Okay, today, people live more by virtue of what the system does for them or to them than by virtue of what they do for themselves. I'm going to pause there. I, I did not plan this, folks, but that's what I was just referring to when I was talking about dirt legal or I was talking about the chickens on your land right stop complying with this system do things for yourself if the system is putting a boot on your neck figure out how to move that boot folks and if you're real smart you let the system think that it has the boot on your neck while it actually doesn't and that's what keeps you out of trouble goes on to say and what they do for themselves is done more and more along channels laid down by the system opportunities tend to be those that the system provides the opportunities must be exploited in accord with rules and regulations and techniques prescribed by experts must be followed if there is to be a chance of success right now what was i talking about recently this gold and silver business right that i'm working on well one of the things that i found out as i was doing research on the regulations and licenses here in the state of maryland they are going to make me jump through hoops just to be able to buy people scrap gold from them which is one small piece of this business but it is a core piece of the business 
I need to have a federal and state background check done. I need to have a physical location. The government here in the state of Maryland wants you to have basically a brick and mortar store and you have to store any precious metals you buy on that property. And if you're going to have a storage unit and or a safe off premises, you have to have that registered with the state. Now, the government are the biggest criminals on the planet. Biggest criminals on the planet. I hope somebody hears this from the government because this is what I think of you. You're the biggest criminals on the planet. You've licensed uh, yourself to be able to commit crimes against everyone. And so they want me to tell them where I'm storing precious metals that I buy from people. Like they come to me with broken necklaces. I give them money. It was a trade. We made a trade. I even have them sign a contract. Whether the government wanted me to or not, I'd have them do that. So it says, you're agreeing I'm paying you $300 for these broken necklaces or whatever. Okay, but now the government wants to make sure they know where I'm storing that. Well, first off, let's say the government was honest, but now there's actual paper trail filed somewhere in a government system, probably a hard copy paper somewhere, and then a digital copy up in the cloud. What if that gets hacked and some hardcore criminal, some mafia thug knows where I keep my jewelry or I keep my scrap metal? I mean, seriously, folks. So do you think I'm dumb enough to go register my business and get a license from the state of Maryland to do this? No. I started looking around at other states where I could register an LLC using a virtual office and then states that allow you to purchase precious metals without licenses. I probably had 25 hours of my time invested in just figuring out how to work around the state of Maryland, to work around their system. It's a pain in the neck, folks. They make it easy to live within the system, more difficult to work around the system. But once you figure out how to work around the system, it's much easier because you're building a system for yourself that is grounded in more liberty and freedom. When you operate within their system, it's slavery. It's tyranny. How is it not slavery for me to have to tell the state of Maryland where I'm going to keep precious metals that I buy from people? I mean, that, that is insanity that they would even ask that, but it's there. That's the rules. Let's look at paragraph 67. Thus, the power process is disrupted in our society through a deficiency of real goals and a deficiency of autonomy in the pursuit of goals. Now, for those of you who missed this, power process, okay, you want to listen to the episode where I talk about the power process. And the power process is what is wired into our DNA as humans. You need to have a goal, work fairly hard to achieve that goal, and succeed at achieving that goal more often than you fail. And that's what really drives humans. And what this author is talking about is in the system we live in today, no one is really meeting the power process because the power process of man for thousands upon thousands of years, as opposed to the last 200 years since the industrial boom, is that we would have to go out of our house, hunt an elk, not get eaten by a bear, bring the elk back home, or our family is going to starve. 
All right. That was what the power process is. So in the world we live in today, where we created all these middlemen between you or me and the food we put on our table. Now we go to work in a cubicle. We have to deal with the politics of the boss and the people in the company and the water cooler gossip, or you have to get on zoom and do your work through there. And the internet's not working all so that you can get a paycheck. So then you can go deal with the supply chain issues at the grocery store to buy food, to bring it home and put it on the table. All right. So we've totally disrupted the natural wiring of our DNA as humans. Goes on to say, but it is also disrupted because of those human drives that fall into group three. The drives that one cannot adequately satisfy no matter how much effort one makes. One of these drives is the need for security. Our lives depend on decisions made by other people. We have no control over these decisions, and usually we do not even know the people who make them. Think in the case of politics, Washington, D.C., right? They make rules that affects your life. Somebody made a rule that I have to register with the state of Maryland to tell them where my gold is, and I have to physical, uh, have a physical building. I don't know who made that rule, but I can comply with that rule. It's terrible, right? So we have no control over those decisions. Goes on to say, we live in a world in which relatively few people, maybe 500 or 1,000, make the important decisions. Philip B. Hyman of Harvard Law School quoted by Anthony Lewis, New York Times, April 21, 1995. Our lives depend on whether safety standards at a nuclear power plant are properly maintained, on how much pesticide is allowed to get into our food, or how much pollution into our air. We just talked about all that with uh, Justin, the cowboy. Goes on to say on how skillful or incompetent our doctor is, whether we lose or get a job may depend on decisions made by government economists or corporation executives and so forth. Most individuals are not in a position to secure themselves against these threats to more than a very limited extent. The individual search for security is therefore frustrated, which leads to a sense of powerlessness. Folks, this is everything we are going through, everything we've been going through. You know, I remember when Affordable Care Act under Barack Obama came into place, one of the big discussions and the worries was that small business owners could not plan on the future if they were going to have to get their employees insurance or they weren't. They didn't know how to run their company. There's no security. You feel powerlessness. During COVID-19, they shut everything down under these fake rules. People felt powerless. All right. This is what this author is talking about. That's why I said this is genius, this thing. Now, I don't know, and I've said it on the show, whether this author was really a prophet who saw this all coming. Remember, he wrote this in 1995, really before the Internet. Uh, and I'll tell you about him later. I don't think he had access. Uh, I mean, there was Internet and libraries and stuff, but I don't think he necessarily had access when he was doing the research. Or this guy was some kind of a mind-controlled uh, mouthpiece, and that could be true when you hear his history that could make sense or or the guy was just some sort of a, a patsy a dupe and this was really written by the system this is just revelation of method where they're telling you exactly what they're going to do to you in the future 1995 moving forward so that when we all ignore this paper which we did which we did because they tied the paper to an author who you will see was labeled as a kook a crazy and a murderer you're going to see that 
And so people discounted what was actually said. But if it was actually published by the system, by the elites, by the technocrats, then they warned us of what they were going to do, and we ignored it. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot ignore this short commercial break. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. Again, we're reviewing Industrial Society and its future, a paper written in 1995. The author was just also talking about this feeling of powerlessness, you know, and this loss of security. He's talking about an incompetent doctor, right? So let's just say what I dealt with with the hospital, as I mentioned earlier. I'm trying to figure out all this billing. I am powerless against that system. I am forced to now navigate this system that I want to have nothing to do with because we had to go to the hospital. Therefore, we had to use my wife's insurance. Therefore, I had to step into the matrix. And as prepared as I was to deal with the matrix, with the hospital system, I now have the aftermath, which is dealing with the insurance company, the hospital, the billing department, all this stuff. There's no security whatsoever. Think about this. If somebody went and ripped you off for something, right? I don't know, stole money out of your bank account, hack your credit card, something of that nature. Who are you going to complain to? You go to the local police department, they can do absolutely nothing. So if somebody stole your money, if you live in Texas and there were credit card charges in California, your local police department can do absolutely nothing. What are you going to do? Go to the state's attorney general's office and file a complaint? They don't give a crap about you. You're going to argue with the bank, with with some Filipino call center person on the phone? I had to deal with that with, with my wife's situation. Okay, you have no power in the system. There's no one along that supply chain. When you're trying to deal with the problem that has any power within that system. I mean, this is the world you live in when you live inside of technocracy. And they're going to tell you eventually, don't worry, it's going to be managed by artificial intelligence and it'll work much better. Right? So you want to live in a system that is based on tyranny and you want to be run by artificial intelligence and robots because they will make the technocratic technological system you live in work smoother. So now you just have a bunch of humans running around inside of a giant computer game. That's basically what they're trying to do, folks. That's what they're doing. All right, let's go. Paragraph 68. It may be objected that primitive man is physically less secure than modern man, as is shown by his shorter life expectancy. Hence, modern man suffers from less, not more than the amount of insecurity that is normal for human beings. But psychological security does not closely correspond with physical security. What makes us feel secure is not so much objective security as a sense of confidence in our ability to take care of ourselves. Primitive man, threatened by a fierce animal or by hunger, can fight in self-defense or travel in search of food. 
He has no certainty of success in these efforts, but he is by no means helpless against the things that threaten him. The modern individual, on the other hand, is threatened by many things against which he is helpless. Nuclear accidents, carcinogens in food, environmental pollution, war, increasing taxes, invasion of his privacy by large corporations, nationwide social or economic phenomena that may disrupt his way of life. Just think of that written in 1995 the terms of covid land the high school theater production think of it in those terms all of those things were occurring you had no control over it whatsoever what am i talking about here on this show i'm talking about building your life as much outside of the system as possible what system am i talking about i am talking specifically about that system This technocratic system managed and controlled by the scientists, the engineers, and the technologists, and throw in the bankers, even though the original technocrats claimed to be fighting against the so-called politicians, the political puppets, right? They wanted to turn themselves into the bureaucracy, and they claimed they were fighting against the bankers. They didn't need money in the system. The technocratic system was funded by the bankers. It was backed by the bankers. Frank Vanderlip, responsible for the Federal Reserve, our central banking system here in the United States, was out there running around with Howard Scott, the founder and the head of Technocracy Incorporated, the supposed genius behind the idea of technocracy, helping him meet wealthy people to fund his technocratic ventures. Okay, look at today. The Bank for International Settlements, the highest level, most face-forward organization in the structure of worldwide government, worldwide technocracy. They are the bankers. That is the bank for the central banks. Okay? They are pushing this forward. It is the bankers pushing forward with this system of technocracy. So when I talk about withdrawing from this system, learning how to live outside the system, This is what I'm talking about. You have to free yourself from as much of this as possible by doing things like wide awake gym set, using cash, going analog. I've said get the smart devices out of your house. We're talking about homesteading. We're talking about learning how to garden and farm. Maybe we need to build that inside where we regenerate our soil. We filter our water. We're doing it inside so they can't spray our crops. Sadly, folks, this is the world we live in. If you want to free yourself of the system, it's going to take a little bit of work. But we wouldn't even know what we're trying to build towards, what our goals are, unless we understood everything that we're doing here at the Dustin Gold Standard. All right. And we want to know the history. We want to know what's going on, where we're going. We want to even understand some of the spirituality that drives these folks. I think that's just going to further cement in your head that it's not going anywhere. They're not going to give up. This is their mission. All right, let's go to paragraph 69. It is true that primitive man is powerless against some of the things that threaten him, disease, for example, but he can accept the risk of disease stoically. It is part of the nature of things. It is no one's fault unless it's the fault of some imaginary, impersonal demon. But threats to the modern individual tend to be man-made. They are not the results of chance, but are imposed on him by other persons whose decisions he, as an individual, is unable to influence. Consequently, he feels frustrated, humiliated, and angry. Just take the gold business, for instance. 
What, what if I don't want to get those licenses? What if I don't want to have a physical building? What if I don't want to disclose my safe to the state of Maryland? But then I also don't want to live outside of the rules. I don't want to be an outlaw who goes and registers in another state, and I'm willing to face the consequences if the system catches me. Okay, well, if I don't want to do that, then what happens? Either I'm going to have to comply with those rules made up by some man at some point that I have no ability to influence whatsoever. There's no way to negotiate your way out of it. So I just give up. So this idea of gold and silver, throw it away. That's out the window. That business is gone. There was another business I was looking at getting into before I started doing this podcast, If some of you have been listening for a while, you know I went through a divorce a couple of years ago. I moved from the state of Nashville, gave uh, the business that my wife, ex-wife and I had to her. I moved here, and I was waiting for the divorce to be done, just doing gig work, until I could decide what kind of business I wanted to start, because I have worked for myself for the last 20 years. I really don't want to go to work for someone else. Uh, I mean, as a consultant or contractor, maybe, but not as an employee. It's just I'm not wired to do that. So there was a couple of business I started looking at uh, since my divorce ended uh, about seven, eight months ago. And so I was deciding what exactly I wanted to do. Okay, and so there's a couple businesses I was looking at. Next thing I know, I figured out in the state of Maryland, there was no way around it because I had to be licensed to be able to do this business. And I was going to have to spend five or $6,000 and hundreds upon hundreds of hours in these useless courses just to be able to create a business where I, I might be able to make $100,000 a year. No more than that, because it was really based on trading your time for dollars. It wasn't a product-based business or something like this gold where you could buy and sell and trade. It was basically time for money. And so I'm like, I'm going to have to spend five or $6,000 and put in hundreds of hours of these useless courses that had nothing to do with this business at all. They just force you to do it because somebody's cousin probably owns, some politician's cousin owns the school where you have to go take the course. So I backed out of that one. I said, forget it. This would be good if I lived in another state that didn't allow this, like West Virginia. But here in the state of Maryland, forget it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going back to basically college to do something that I already learned how to do in online within a matter of a few hours of taking some private courses. So you have no control over that. All right. That's what happens when you want to work within the system. Uh, Paragraph 70. Thus, primitive man, for the most part, has his security in his own hands, either as an individual or as a member of a small group, whereas the security of modern man is in the hands of persons or organizations that are too remote or too large for him to be able personally to influence them. So modern man's drive for security tends to fall into groups, one and three. In some areas, food, shelter, etc. His security is assured at the cost of only trivial effort, whereas in other areas, he cannot attain security. The foregoing greatly simplifies the real situation, but it does indicate rough general way how the condition of modern man differs from that of primitive man so you understand with primitive man you know you can be attacked by a lion you could starve to death you can get a disease right but the majority of those are in your hands right you can go out and try to 
catch an animal you can go out uh try to insulate your house to protect it from cold uh but in the case of modern man look at all these obstacles we have to deal with you know look at everything we have to deal with you have to worry about if you can go to the store uh and get groceries because tomorrow the supply chain might go down now what are you going to do to prevent that well as we talked about as a solution on the show start to grow your own food start to think about getting chickens start to figure out how you can have your own cattle or work with local farmers you can do both at the same time get access to a supply of the cleanest vegetables you can eggs meats and everything else that's what we worked on this last year so at least now we have our own supply chain where we're not relying on the store we're not, we rely on the store for things like shampoo uh i get soap actually from an amish soap dealer so i don't rely on the store for that but toilet paper things of that nature right obviously hairspray if you're watching the video version of this podcast let's go on paragraph 71 people have many transitory drives or impulses that are necessarily frustrated in modern life hence fall into group three one may become angry but modern society cannot permit fighting in many situations it does not even permit verbal aggression we've seen obviously more of that grow since 1995 when this was written let's continue when going somewhere one may be in a hurry or one may be in a mood to travel slowly but one generally has no choice but to move with the flow of traffic and obey the traffic signals one may want to do one's work in a different way but usually one can work only according to the rules laid down by one's employer in many other ways as well modern man is strapped down by a network of rules and regulations explicit or implicit that frustrate many of his impulses and thus interfere with the power process most of these regulations cannot be dispensed with because they are necessary for the functioning of industrial society and so industrial society in the context of this piece is synonymous with technocracy so this is called industrial society and its future it's really technocracy and its future now as i mentioned and you'll know more about this when we get into the author and who he was i don't believe this author had access to the internet back in 95 or maybe 94 when he was writing this so he wouldn't have been able to do the research on technocracy and find all the papers like we did on technocracy incorporated and the technical alliance and the committee on technology and all this other stuff in the past so he calls it industrial technological uh, system or technological society or industrial society he's really talking about technocracy so what he's saying is you can't act outside of this system of technocracy because it does not benefit the functioning of the system of technocracy. Ladies and gentlemen, when I get back more on industrial society and its future, my name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name 
is Dustin Gold. All right, folks. Let's uh, continue with this. Industrial society and its future. This is important. This is paragraph 72, ladies and gentlemen. Always remember, I'm going to keep saying this. This was written 28 years ago, okay? It says, modern society is in certain respects extremely permissive in matters that are irrelevant to the functioning of the system. We can generally do what we please. We can believe in any religion as long as it does not encourage behavior that is dangerous to the system. We can go to bed with anyone we like as long as we practice safe sex. We can do anything we like as long as it is unimportant. But in all important matters, the system tends increasingly to regulate our behavior. Now, look at the regulation of behavior from 1995 to today, right? And many of these things that the author is talking about, we see that change over time because the system, the industrial society system or industrial technological system or technocracy is changing. And as we start to see the next version of the system being rolled out, which is the false industrial revolution, the full-blown technocracy, the merger of the biological, physical, and digital worlds, you're starting to see certain behaviors be regulated even more. Free speech, Second Amendment, all of these things that have become a threat to the system for the system to be able to move one step further towards complete and total tyrannical control. So even from 95 to now, you see the system growing and increasing in its ability to regulate behaviors, uh, becoming even more dystopian, right? And you'll see that obviously with the central bank digital currency system, which is all about control with programmable, expirable money that does not allow you to build wealth. Why? If you and I build wealth, that is a threat to the system. Because if we have wealth, we can partially withdraw from the system. If you were able to build a a pot of five, $10 million, you can go buy your 100 acres out in West Virginia, have some cattle, you know, have a couple of skills you can use to barter with the neighbors, grow your vegetables, and basically never leave your homestead. You're sort of a threat to the system because they want you within the system. So they don't want you to be able to build wealth because then you can exit the system. And they don't want that to happen. So they're going to try to control all of the money and your ability to actually save money. So that's what this is about. You're seeing the system continue to grow and get stronger and implement more rules, more regulations. And in 95, they did not have the technology to track your every move. Look what's happened since 95. Cameras everywhere, facial recognition, thumbprints, smartphones, or you're scanning your face, your iris, your thumb, you know, COVID tests, giving your DNA up to the government all the time. It's only grown, folks. Paragraph 73, behavior is regulated not only through explicit rules and not only by the government. Control is often exercised through indirect coercion or through psychological pressure or manipulation and by organizations other than the government or by the system as a whole. Most large organizations use some form of propaganda to manipulate public attitudes or behavior. 
Propaganda is not limited to commercials and advertisements, and sometimes it is not even consciously intended as propaganda by the people who make it. For instance, the content of entertainment programming is a powerful form of propaganda, an example of indirect coercion. There is no law that says we have to go to work every day and follow our employer's orders. Legally, there is nothing to prevent us from going to live in the wild like primitive people or from going into business for ourselves. But in practice, there is very little wild country left. And there is room in the economy for only a limited number of small business owners. Hence, most of us can survive only as someone else's employee. That's totally true. And one of the other things, one of the other things that I see people starting to figure this out daily, it took, it took me years to sort of figure out the whole system and understand what was going on. But as someone who was in and around the outskirts of politics and technology and different industries, I slowly figured out that this idea of people growing some major business out of their garage was a complete and total lie. All right. I mean, to get up into the millionaire billionaire status, it was a complete and total lie. The system is so rigged, even even in this podcast space. A lot of people don't understand that many of the podcasters, although folks would think of them as independent, are actually being funded behind the scenes. This is how they could run a podcast without putting ads in their podcast, some of them without sponsors. Say, how is this person paying their bills? How are they affording to travel all over the country to different conferences? How are they able to put food on the table for their family? How could they do that? I mean, do they have a rich spouse and then they let them run around and play Nancy Drew all day? I mean, you got to think about this, folks. And so you see it in the podcast space. Uh, you see it in the, the YouTuber space. Um, there's a lot of shady stuff going on within this system. Uh, also, look at all these tech companies that we find. You go, Instacart, what was that, some guy in his garage? No, you find out CIA InQtel money is behind it. When you look into Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos and Mark Cuban, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, the rest of these folks, they were not just someone who rose up out of nowhere and became a multi-billionaire. So this is the whole thing here. You know, the system itself is uh, corrupt to the core, all right? And so people get forced into the funnel, as he says, working for other folks because, one, there's not really much land left to go live out in the wild, and, two, there's only so much room for small business owners. And then you see the small business owners get stifled by regulations, having to get licenses. Look at all the stuff Wide Awake Jim's talking about. They're going to try to crush the rest of the small and medium businesses using carbon credits and punishing them and destroying them. And then go try to live out on the land somewhere. Why do you think they sent Bill Gates out to buy up all this private land? Why do you think BlackRock is buying up all the homes? Why do you think between the federal and state governments, they control 50 to 60% of the land here in this country? It's to prevent you from being able to get your hands on it. Uh, look at what the rancher, Justin, said the other day in Colorado. Uh, land used to be super cheap 20 years ago. Now, basically, no one could afford to move there and buy a ranch. Uh, but the government controls a lot of the ranch land out there, and you have to lease it from them. Yeah, the government controls the land that you as a rancher have to lease it from them. All right, paragraph 74. We suggest that modern man's obsession 
with longevity and with maintaining physical vigor and sexual attractiveness to an advanced age is a symptom of unfulfillment resulting from deprivation with respect to the power process. The quote, midlife crisis, end quote, also is such a symptom. So is the lack of interest in having children that is fairly common in modern society, but almost unheard of in primitive societies. Now, as we start getting into this, I told you, this author is very nuanced. Right? So you're not necessarily going to agree. When he attacked folks on the left, I knew they'd get upset. When he attacked folks on the right, I knew they'd get upset. But in my opinion, this author is really just making an observation. And, it, and it's based on reality. It's uncomfortable. So he's going to talk about the primitive man, you know, pre-modern man, and he's going to talk about how maybe this idea of living forever isn't necessarily such a great thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I in no way support depopulation. I don't think Bill Gates and others should be picking and choosing who dies. At the same time, I've mentioned it on the show. I am realistic. If there is going to be uh, major, major population increases and they drive people into densely populated areas like cities and now even the suburbs, you have to say, where's all the food going to come from? So we can't all be eating clean, natural food, you know, meats and vegetables, um, if there's going to be such a large amount of people. You, you're going to have to take GMO food that they're going to grow in storage containers and stackable farms and all this other stuff that we're seeing come to fruition. Where's all the cattle going to come from? Where's all the meat going to come from? Why do you think that they're working towards feeding us crickets and 3D printed meat? That is because they don't have the natural food and they want access to the land. They want to control it all. So just bear with me while we work through this stuff, because I know it's going to make you guys uncomfortable. It's uh, paragraph 75. In primitive societies, life is a succession of stages. The needs and purposes of one stage having been fulfilled, there is no particular reluctance about passing on to the next stage. A young man goes through the power process by becoming a hunter, hunting not for sport or or for fulfillment, but to get meat that is necessary for food. In young women, the process is more complex. With greater emphasis on social power, we won't discuss that here. This phase, having been successfully passed through, the young man has no reluctance about settling down to the responsibilities of raising a family. In contrast, some modern people indefinitely postpone having children because they are too busy seeking some kind of fulfillment. We suggest that the fulfillment they need is adequate experience of the power process with real goals instead of artificial goals of surrogate activities. And we got into surrogate activities in uh, past shows. Again, having successfully raised his children, going through the power process by providing them with the physical necessities, the primitive man feels that his work is done and he is prepared to accept old age if he survives that long and eventually death. Many modern people, on the other hand, are disturbed by the prospect of physical deterioration and death, as is shown by the amount of effort they expend trying to maintain their physical condition, appearance, and health. We argue that this is due to unfulfillment, or 
resulting from the fact that they have never put their physical powers to any practical use, have never gone through the power process using their bodies in a serious way. It is not the primitive man who has used his body daily for practical purposes, who fears the deterioration of age, but the modern man who has never had a practical use for his body beyond walking from his car to his house. It is the man whose need for the power process has been satisfied during his life who is best prepared to accept the end of that life. All right, I told you, this is going to get uncomfortable. This is going to get uncomfortable. But folks, we need to understand a little bit of the truth here. Uh, Myself, personally, I'm looking for the balance. All right. This is what I call one foot in and one foot out of the matrix. And we're going to eventually talk a lot more about that over the coming episodes. But we need to lay the groundwork for, I would call this the most extreme stance on one end versus uh, Peter Thiel looking for immortality by injecting young blood into his body and hooking his brain up to the cloud. All right. So this guy is on the furthest end opposite of Peter Thiel. And then we're going to probably find solutions and figure out our ideology, which will fall somewhere in the middle. Paragraph 76, in response to the arguments of this section, someone will say, quote, society must find a way to give people the opportunity to go through the power process, end quote. This won't work for those who need autonomy in the power process. For such people, the value of the opportunity is destroyed by the very fact that society gives it to them. What they need is to find or make their own opportunities. As long as the system gives them their opportunities, it still has them on a leash. To attain autonomy, they must get off the leash. They must get off the leash. And that's what we are going to be talking about here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all about this idea of working around the system, right? Of understanding the system so you can navigate the system, you can step around the system, you could buck the system. I would not try necessarily to fight the system unless we are organized in a group because they will just make an example out of one of us and you will end up in a very bad situation. But we need to get ourselves off this leash the leash that the system is in control of. And we will do that by beginning to grow our own foods, by even sneaking around and finding solutions to get around the system. The fact that you know you're using your brain, you're using your body to work around this system, I think is very, very powerful, right? It gives you power because you know that you were working around the system. We can't uproot the system. I don't have the ability to uproot the system. You don't have ability to uproot the system. We can't force others to come along with us. They love living in the system. Most of these people love being slaves. I mean, if you identified as a Democrat over the last 30, 40 years, you loved being a slave. You wanted big government. And on the same side, most people that identify as conservative don't even understand this, but they love big government. Because everything they love about government, they'll cheer on, not even accepting or admitting to the fact that they're cheering on government. You either want the government in your life or you don't. So this is going to be a theme here. Unleash yourself from the system.
This is how you will beat the system. You beat the system in your own life. The majority of this tyranny is in your head. You're playing a corrupt, rigged game. Stop playing by the rules. Start figuring out how to work outside this box. Step outside the box that the system has put you in and start figuring out how to work around it. You can't complain about it if you continue to live within it. If you accept their rules, then you can't complain about the rules. The other thing is, I think, if you're listening to my show, you do understand that technocracy is here. The slave system is here. It's not coming. It's here. And it's only going to grow. It's only going to get more powerful. It is only going to get worse. So if you know that, then it is no one's fault but your own for not stepping outside the system. No matter what happens in our history, I mean, in our future, no matter what happens, there will always be men who are the wolves and they want to rule over the sheep. You need to be a wolf dog in your life. You need to make the changes to be a role model for your children or your grandchildren or your friends or your family or your neighbors. You don't have to force them to come with you. Don't put them on a leash. Break your leash and start building a life outside of the system. And those around you will end up following you. Become that sheepdog. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dustin Gold. I try to be a sheepdog every day right here on the Dustin Gold Standard at pain.tv slash gold. If you like this show, please leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts and a comment. Consider signing up for pain.tv slash gold. Leave a donation over at donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. And check out Dirt Legal. Use promo code gold for $25 off any service there. Break free of the system. Cut that leash and be a sheepdog. I will see you tomorrow for episode 133. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.